0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Hallelujah. What's it to you? Good morning, everyone. I'm really glad to see all of you here today. Praise God. I want to welcome all of you who are here uh, regularly, as well as those of you who are here for the first time. We, We believe that you are at the right place at the right time today that God had an appointment set up with you for right here, right now. Amen. Yeah. And if you'll believe that, then your expectation will come up because he's, he is, he'll give out as much as you'll expect. Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad you're all here today. Let's take our Bibles and turn over to the book of Psalms, chapter 119. Psalms, chapter 119. God is good. Um, but I, I just want to give a little refresher about something that the Lord put in my heart for our church uh, specifically, and, and also for all your individual lives, because our church is made up of your ind- individual lives, that I as I was praying for this year and, and seeking the Lord and looking over scriptures and things, Jeremiah 33.3 3 is the one that really stood up inside me, and I just want to uh, keep it before you, all right? I want you to get it in your heart and get it in your mouth. It simply says this, the Lord's speaking, and he says, call to me, and I will answer you, And we'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Great and mighty things that you do not know. So let's just do that for a moment. Can we just lift our hands to the Lord? All right, let's just say, Lord, I call to you. And I pray that you show me great and mighty things that I do not know. And I thank you that because I call on you, you promise to answer. So I'm excited about it. I expect it. Show me your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So keep that in. And now also talk to you about just doing simple things uh, to to, uh, broaden your understanding in the Scriptures and, and to just delve in more of the Word of God. Because, you know, the more you give to it, the more life you'll experience. The Scripture says that the Word of God is life to those who find it. And health to all of their flesh that's an amazing scripture isn't it life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh so so the more the more we give ourselves to it the more we keep ourselves in the environment of the word whether by hearing by reading by speaking then then we experience more life hmm? and more health hallelujah so um, so I encouraged you that this year if you'll just memorize one Verse of scripture, one promise verse, specifically a promise verse, because now, thanks to Jesus Christ, all the promises of God are in him to you. Yes, and amen. Amen. So, and that was to memorize just one verse, one promise verse every week. Once a week. One verse a week. By the end of this year, you'll know over 50 promises. Huh? And if you just make that a regular habit, Let's look look over 10 years. 500 verses of scripture you'll know by heart. All right? It just starts with one a week, though. Just one a week. One little verse a week. So I've encouraged you that last week, and now I'm going to make it even easier on you. All right? Now, I can't memorize it for you. You're going to have to do that part. But I can give you some scriptures to memorize. Fair enough? All right? If I'll just guide you in some promised scriptures. So if you will, get your cell phone out at this moment. And text uh to this address that they're going to bring up on the screen, you will get an alert every week, probably every Sunday, Sunday evening, or something like that, every Sunday evening with the promised verse for the week. is it, how cool is that? Yes. huh yes, and you're welcome. Amen. all right so uh some somehow some way we're going to bring that up on the screen here eventually uh, but and then you can. While you got the phone out, take a selfie. I mean, I, you people love to do that anyway, right? Just kidding. Anyway, uh, did he bring it up yet? No? Okay, let me know, honey, when they bring it up. So, uh, you'll get weekly alerts of the new scripture uh, for that week for you to get in your heart and mind memorized. Now, the, some of you who are musicians here, you have an advantage in this area. Something I started years and years ago with my children, and that was. I just started teaching. I just took this concept and started teaching them a verse a week. Every Tuesday morning, we'd gather around. You want to sing some songs this morning? Come on, you want to sing some? Laurel, huh? Maybe one? Where's Maddie? Where's Maddie Claire? Where's? Uh, she's not going to raise her hand. I can't see her. Okay, well, she might be a nursery kid. No? I'll, all right, I'll let you off the hook today. Okay. So anyway, we'd gather around, and I would teach them, and I, t- I would take a, a, a scripture, and I would turn it into a song. And Just write a little melody to it, and I put the do the scripture and the address to the scripture too, and so then then they would sing it, and all week long we would rehearse that song, sing it, and so now I can just tell them sing this song, sing this song, sing this song, and they'll just take off singing it. They, my kids learn lots of scripture that way. So that's for those of you musicians, there's a something for you to do. You have the the advantage of music and, and songwriting, and it makes it even easier to, to memorize, okay? So, oh, here it is. Weekly Promise Scripture. You can text at OC, to 81010. All right? And then you'll start getting alerts specifically for that those scriptures. Amen. Just keep yourself in the environment of the Word of God. And then uh, and this, this scripture will be the first one that we'll text to you, all right? So now this is the second Sunday, so you'll need to, you'll probably have to stack up on a couple of scriptures uh, beginning of this year. But the next one that I brought out Wednesday night that I'd like, that'll be this, maybe, maybe Alex will do these first two verses together. Yeah. And at Psalm chapter 65, verse 11, can we bring that up on the screen for a moment? This is another great scripture Uh, To get in your heart and mind, it's uh, Psalm chapter 65. I'll just start reading it. It says this, you crown the year with your goodness. You crown the year with your goodness. The word crown there means to compass about or to surround. You surround the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Isn't that marvelous? You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. This, this is what God has in store for you this year. All right? Goodness and abundance. Goodness and abundance. Hallelujah. You know, God is good and he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change his mind. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's good. Whether you're good or not, he's still good. He remains that way. James teaches us that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of Lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turn, which means he's never going to change. He's good and he'll always be good. Amen. So that, all, that, you know, that understanding that about our God, it gives us great hope, doesn't it? And he showed us how good he was when he gave us Jesus. and when he gave us this Bible full of promises. And full of a ways to know him, to know his will for our lives and his will for the earth and his will in the kingdom of God and for the church. So let's go over to Psalm chapter 119 now as we jump into today's message. Everybody good? Yeah. All right. Psalm chapter 119. We're going to start in verse 103. Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Verse 104. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Next. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The three things I want to give to you today, three truths concerning the word of God. Number one, the word of God gives you satisfaction. The word of God gives you satisfaction. That is, how sweet are your words to my taste. Next, the word gives you understanding. Through your your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. And number three, the word gives you guidance. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Satisfaction, understanding, and guidance. Father, we thank you for this great day. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Thank you, God that you're taking us from glory to glory, that you're taking us from strength to strength, from faith to faith, God. We think at this moment right now, Lord, we've gathered together to give attention to your word. These families have come because they understand that life is found in our connection to the house of God. We thank you that your word says those who are planted in the house will flourish So we thank you, Lord. I thank you for these lives flourishing here today. Let your word prosper. Let your word take deep root in the hearts and lives of all of these here today, God. And, Lord, that it will reap a wonderful, great harvest down the road in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. So I want to say one thing, too, about the. I want to thank all of you who serve so faithfully here in our church and that video came up about all the, our different departments, bless you all of our de- different departments uh, in the church and, and um, the different aspects of ministry here they, they are this is what makes this church so great I, I'm, Heather and I are just honored to be your pastors and to serve with people who love to do what they're doing. I've been parts of churches where people did it because they needed to something, somebody's got to do something no, this, there's not a grudging obligation here. It's a glorious obsession. I love that. But you guys are so faithful and you're sold out to the to one cause and to the, the, the vision of this house and what God is doing here. So because I believe, I, I really, I really believe that everything that happens here is under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and it's and it's and its function is found through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What happens in here? What happens in here is no more anointed than what happens in that nursery right out there. What happens in here is no more anointed than what's going on in the kids' church. What happens in here is no more anointed than what's going on in that media booth right there. No, no, it's, it's all the work of the Spirit. It's all His function. It's all His gifting to the body of Christ. Amen. So I, I just want us to, to never think that one thing is more important than the other, or one thing is, is greater than the other. Jesus said it's the least of these that are the greatest. All right? So I, as the pastor, don't think that what I'm doing is the most important. I I just don't think like that at all. We're all in this thing together, arm in arm. We're all individual members of the body of Christ, necessary to its growth, necessary to its, its nutrition, necessary to its increase. Amen. And so you're vital. That's what I'm saying. If God has called you here, you are a vital part of this body. Don't sit still in the body. All right? Function. Do your part. Do your share here. Contribute, and we all are healthier and stronger as a result. So I thank God for you. Amen. 103 says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The word offers real sustenance to our lives. It holds in it everything that pertains to life and godliness. I like the way Psalm 34, 8 says it. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who trusts in him. Now, it says your words are sweet to my taste, and oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, how do we do that? Do we just start ripping pages out of our Bible and eating them? How do we do that? How do we taste the word? We get the word in our mouth. That is, you have a continual, daily confession of his word in your life. Hallelujah. That's how we taste it, because... Because when you, whatever is coming out of your mouth, that's the fruit you're going to eat. So you're sowing seeds. These words are seeds that come out of our, our mouth. And eventually, we end up sitting at the table and eating the fruit of those words. So how many of you believe it's important then to get the right words? So you can have the right fruit, so you can have the right life. Huh? Amen. And this says that your word is sweet. In other words, it satisfies. There's nothing that will satisfy your life like the scriptures. Everything else about this world will leave us simply wanting. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah. I got everything in him. But the world leaves you wanting. Maddie Claire, when she was uh, about a year and a half old, we were over at some friend's house, and, and uh, so she started getting fussy and, and because she <laughs> wanted something to eat. So... Uh, Terry and Sandy Sparks. We were at their house, and so Sandy went to the went to the cabinet and got some Fruit Loops, and so she she gave Maddie some Fruit Loops, and Maddie put all of those Fruit Loops in her mouth. All right, and 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 then she starts crying again, and she got a mouthful of Fruit Loops, and she got a hand out, and she's got little tears running down her face, and so they put as many as they could in that little 18-month-old hand, and she's got that hand out there, and she's still crying, and she puts the other hand out. Got a mouthful. She's got Fruit Loop drool coming down her chin. Got the other hand out, and she's got the. I got another hand here. I got another hand. So they put more there, and she's still crying. Mouthful, two handfuls, and she could not get enough. That's what the world will leave you wanting, or leave you unsatisfied. It'll leave you singing the old Rolling Stones song. I can't get no satisfaction, and I try. And I, try, and I try and I try I'm sorry I can't get no I'm sorry I love rock and roll thank you Jesus for rock and roll but it'll leave you hanging leave you hanging leave you wanting but the scripture satisfies and you know what's so great about the Word of God it's the best thing that you can get into your into your life it's the greatest thing that you can consume and it tastes good too You don't have to have the Lord going, eat your Proverbs. (laughs) Eat your Psalms now. No. It's a good taste. And it's good for you. The best of both worlds. As a child of God, nothing will satisfy you like His Word. When you taste His Word, that is that you continually say what God says. There you'll find yourself living in peace. That's where you'll really experience the joy of the Lord and rest for your soul and strength for your life. It takes all the stress out, it takes all the worry out. Amen. It satisfies your hunger like nothing else. And it's so important for us to do that because, as I said, and you hear me say this all the time, and I'm going to continue to say these things because some things I need to keep repeating. All right? It's not because I was telling the earlier service, it's not because I don't have any Thing else to say to you, but there are some things we have to continue to repeat because I know what you're facing out there in the world. You're being bombarded by its philosophy, by its thinking, by its rationale, by its believing, Uh, and so there are all kinds of things that are vying for your attention, for your believing, for your speaking, for your thinking, your attention all the time. And so you have to, we have to stay on these things so that you stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. All right, and the only way you're going to find that is in His Scriptures. All right. There's no greater wisdom, there's no higher wisdom. So, uh, where was I going? Oh, James chapter, what, what chapter was that, two? Yeah, so your life, thank you. Your life is following, though, the words that are coming out of your mouth. If you don't like where you are, let's say something different. Huh? If you don't want a divorce, quit saying divorce. Amen. If you want restoration in your marriage, speak restoration. All right? The the, the problem with many people is they just say things as they are rather than speak the word of truth. All right? Anybody can just say things as they are. That doesn't change anything. In order to see change and transformation, we have to get the words of life into our mouth. Amen? So that we can experience the fruit thereof. Look, James chapter 2, let's look there for just a moment. Are you good? Three, I mean. Sorry, James chapter three, verse two. You knew. For we all stumble in many things. Obviously, James hadn't been to One Cause Church. He didn't know how perfect all of you were. (laughs) (laughs) We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble, watch this. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle or control the whole body. If you need self-control, and we all do, it starts right here. Starts right here. This, this will govern, ultimately govern your thoughts and your actions. It all starts with words. And he says, if you, can t- if you don't stumble in word, then you'll be at that completion, that perfection state, a mature person. All right? Let's, let's continue to read verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in the horse, horses' mouths and they, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Verse 4. Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Just that little rudder on the big vessel is able to turn the whole thing. Next. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. So my message to you today is only you can prevent those forest fires. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire. Watch this. Listen to what it has to say about the tongue. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Wow. The tongue defiles the whole body. Body. Do you see why we don't have any room and will not tolerate words of division in this body? Because division defiles the body. All right? I can tolerate you coming in drunk to church. But don't talk bad about each other and don't be divisive. Because that ain't welcome here. All right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condoning you being drunk at church. Please. Okay. Sh- you're smarter than that. All right. But if you are drunk, come anyway, all right? Glad to have you. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Verse 8. Verse 8. Then we have that up there. Wait, Maybe I didn't have that on my notes. Oh, yeah. And the tongue... Oh, but, but no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil, full of devil. So it doesn't really have anything much good to say about the tongue here, does it? Pretty negative. And it says that the tongue can defile the whole body. Well, then the opposite must be true. If it can defile the whole body, then the tongue can also purify the whole body. It just depends on what the tongue is saying. Jesus told his disciples, you are already clean because of the word. It's the word that purifies you. When the scripture tells you to purify yourself, it's not telling you to save yourself because you can't do that. But you can purify yourself by what's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Amen. So we get his word in our mouth and wow, there's where we find satisfaction. Let's, go, let's continue to, to uh, move forward. Verse 104, Psalm 119. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Through your precepts or through your word, I get understanding. The word gives you understanding. And that understanding from what it, it, it says here, it seems to give you a love for the word, a hatred for the false and a love for the truth. Through, I get understanding. And the more I understand, the more I love his word. Because Jesus said, it's the truth that you know that will set you free. We need understanding. We need knowledge. We, we need insight. And so God has given us his word so that we can gain understanding. And that is his understanding for our lives. Uh, when, when Matt Vizcaino was going to church here, he's now in our Dallas campus. Uh, he's the associate pastor for Derek uh, there. But Matt was in the banking business for many years. And uh, he said part of his training, and then later on when he got promoted in that company, he was also doing the same kind of training. And that training was helping tellers... Be able to spot counterfeit money. Part of their training is. And he said, We didn't train them by showing them a counterfeit bill. He said, We made them count actual real money over and over and over and over again. We just let them handle it. And they would count, 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 count. And when they were through with that stack, they'd put it back in their hand and they would count, count, count. He said, we'd let them do that for quite a while until they could feel it, get comfortable with it, see what they were seeing. He said, and then we would slip a counterfeit bill in there, have them count again. And he said, almost every time, as soon as they hit that counterfeit bill, they said, there it is. Because they had so much of the real thing, when the counterfeit showed up, they knew exactly what was going on? They, they could spot it. They knew it. See, this is what the Word of God will do. It will cause you to, by knowing the truth, to know what the lie is too. All right? And cause you to pull away from that thing and to not accept that and to not to flirt with it because it's out to destroy. The Word will train you. The Word will keep you in truth. The, the, the more you give to reading it and to studying it, getting your eyes on it, meditating on it, believing the Word, confessing the Word... Uh, it, it, the easier you'll see what's true, what's false, what's real, what's counterfeit. Because David ended up saying, therefore, I hate every false way. Because here's the thing. When you find out what the truth does for your life, you don't want anything else. When you find that, when you experience the real freedom that it brings, nothing else will do. Uh, years ago, the Moody Institute of Science put out a film. And they were showing this test pilot sitting in a chair. And it looks somewhat like a barber chair. And they sent him in the chair and they blindfolded him and they began to spin the chair. And once they got it to uh, the speed they wanted, it was kind of on ball bearing. So, I mean, he was really going around and around, turning right. And then they told him to note his sensations. What's going on? What are you feeling? And he would say, turning right, turning right, turning right. And as the chair kept spinning, they just said, every once in a while, just tell us what you're feeling. I'm turning right. I'm turning right. Oh, no. Okay. Slowing down. I'm slowing down slowing down, getting slower, slower, slower. I'm stopped. And then the camera panned out and you could see the pilot going just as fast in that chair as he was before, still spinning, hard right. They said, are you sure that you're sitting still? I'm totally sure I'm sitting still because the, the fluid in his head took some time to catch up with the action of the chair, but once it did... It felt like he was sitting still when he was, and so they grabbed the chair and stopped it immediately, and he said, turning left, turning left, turning left. You know, it's kind of interesting that this is a test pilot. This is a guy that actually gets in machinery, gets in planes, and flies. If he doesn't know any better than that, how is he able to operate that machine? How is he able to operate that airplane? He doesn't rely on feelings, feelings. He relies on an instrument panel. And that instrument panel is what keeps him in truth. While he was in that chair, he could only go by what he was feeling, but his feelings were not telling him the truth. Hmm? So he doesn't fly by feeling, he flies by the instrument panel because he has this outside objective source that will tell him exactly what's going on. And that's extremely important for a pilot. Most plane crashes, almost all of them are pilot error. Hardly ever are there some kind of mechanical failure. Hardly ever. Almost every time, it's pilot error. So he has to have this instrument panel telling him the truth no matter what he feels. Hmm. You and I, have been given this gauge, this instrument panel called God's Word. So that when you, f- you do not live your life governed by what you feel, but by simply what the Word says. Because the Word will never lead you astray. The, Lord, the Word will always keep you in truth, no matter what you feel about it. And you're going to feel... Feelings that are contrary to the truth of the word come on anybody live long enough to know what I'm talking about You know, you're sick, but your mouth you're making your mouth say I'm healed Right and everything in your head's going. That's not true You're not healed if you're healed. Why are you sick? All this reasoning all these feelings about it, but by faith We're healed because that's what God says and when you believe what God has said hallelujah then you can hold on to truth It will keep you grounded. It will keep you solid. And it will get you results. Amen. Listen to this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I am aware of the time. We've only been here an hour. It's not bad. Not bad. Cowboys aren't even playing. Somebody told me earlier that Tony Romo and Michael Vick and uh, what's that guy? I can't stand. Philip Rivers walked into a bar to watch the Super Bowl. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. All right. Maybe should have waited till after I preached. Tell you that. Look at verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Now, Paul is talking about. The Corinthian church had accepted these Judaizers coming in and trying to put their religion on top of the truth of the gospel that Paul had preached to them and trying to make them be like them and then also touting all the things that they had done and and self-promoting and telling them why they have authority, right? And when they had none, they were there to deceive them and take their money. That's what Paul ultimately told them. He said, if this is what you want, okay, then I'll boast like a fool does. All right. If, that, if that's what gets your attention So that's when Paul goes through the whole list of things He's gone through for the gospel The shipwrecks, the beatings, the starvings The night and the day in the deep All those things, being stoned he, Paul, Paul mentions all those things Not because he's bragging He's saying that's what they compelled him to do Because that's how fools talk I've counted the cost, I've paid the price I should have authority to speak to you <sighs> Give me a break This is either about Jesus Huh? So Paul said, this is, what, this is how fools talk, all right? So he's saying these guys are false apostles. Here's a sign to show that they're false apostles when they're self-promoting, not Jesus-promoting. Deceitful workers, in other words, they come and try to take your money, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Look at this, verse 14. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Wow. You know that he once was the angel of light, Lucifer, which means light but he can't be what he once was one version says that he masquerades himself he puts on a mask and he says things that sound almost true you know when the devil tempts you and he speaks he's not just going to tell you you need to sacrifice humans and worship me. He's not going to go to that, you know, unless you've been down the road with him a little way. He's just, he's just going to, he's just going to throw a thought in there. Has God said, just like He did to Eve in the garden? Has God said? Let's talk about the Word for a moment, huh? And if you don't know the truth, if you don't know the Word, then you become a victim to well, I don't know if this is God or if it's the devil. I, I, You'll know the counterfeit when you know the truth. He himself does that. Transforms himself into an angel of light. But he's not the light. Jesus said there's no truth in him. The word takes the guesswork out of your life. It gives you understanding. Give yourself to it. Give yourself to the word. And enjoy the fruit of it. Lastly, this last verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. I love that. The word gives you guidance. And it gives you two, two specific guidances here. A lamp to your feet. That is, the word is there to shine on your next step. Isn't that, isn't that good to know? And it also lights the path for you to see ahead and also to see what may come. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will teach you the things that I've told him, he will take of mine and give it to you. He will tell you things to come. All right? So you, you, don't, you don't, we don't walk in darkness. The light, the scripture says, another scripture, I think it's, uh, it's in Psalms, I know that. But David said, the entrance of your word brings light. The entrance of your word brings light. So it's a lamp to your feet and it's a light to your path. It's right now a guidance for you and it's guiding you forward. Hallelujah. Light to your path. Um, I, I got, had the privilege of going out to Raton, New Mexico back in December, December the 13th. I headed out, it was Sunday after church because um, I was invited by my friends there to go hunt an elk. Now, I've hunted deer for many years. So that Heather's dad got me turned on to deer hunting 20 plus years ago, and, and that's what we eat year round. We eat what we kill and uh, thoroughly enjoy killing and eating. <laughs> there is a scripture. I, I, got ver- I got scripture and verse on it. It's found in Acts chapter ten, when Peter was sitting on the roof of Simon's house in Joppa, and the the Spirit of the Lord said to him, "Remember, rise, Peter, kill and eat." All right, that's that's the hunter's verse scripture. So, so and and I love love deer and all that. So these guys invited me to come out because every summer we go to Raton, New Mexico, me and my uh, family and. Uh, my brother and dad and we preach out there. They they set up a tent. These cowboys set up a tent out there, and uh, they have a tent revival out there in the mountains. It's just glorious. So we go out there and preach and have a great time. I get I get to do some cowboying. Uh, this this last year I got to go horseback riding. we had to go find some heifers in, in this herd of cattle and cut them out and then cut their calves from them. And I thought, man, I could get used to this. At least for an afternoon. I'm sure two weeks into it I'd be regretting it, but. It, actually, it is actual work. But I just had a great time with those guys. So they invited me to come shoot an elk. Because most of the time, I just shoot for meat. I mean, unless, this, unless there's some monster buck or something. So I usually shoot the, the girls. <laughs> well, they, they're tender. Okay. i got to keep moving. So they invited me to come shoot a cow elk. Not a, not a bull, not a big bull, but a cow. I said, yeah, I'd be happy to. So went out there. And um, this young man named, named Case, he's 20, 22 years old. Um, so we, got, we went driving around, and he said, I, I know where some usually are. So we pull up on this ridge uh, right off the highway, and we're looking out over this field. And he goes, oh, yeah, there's, there, he's got his binoculars. There's, there's some out there. And I'm looking out there. I can't see anything. I'm like, what, is, what are you seeing? He said, here. And he handed me his binoculars. Sure enough, I mean, it was good ways out there, but there were probably about 200 elk out there. In this pasture. Like, wow. So he said, let's go to another place. And we went to another place and stalked some more. And there was about 300 out there. About the same kind of distance, but in a different spot. I mean, this kid knew exactly where they all were. So he said, okay, now we'll know where to go in the morning. He said, I'll pick you up in the morning. And uh, so, sure enough, he shows up at the, at the house I was staying at about 7 that morning. And uh, so we drive over to this one spot where he, he knows where they are. Sure enough, there they are out there in the pasture. He said, they're usually go over this way, so we're going to have to go around and kind of go r- climb this mountain and go around the side and we'll wait for them. Uh, okay, I'm just here for the ride, man. I don't have any clue what you're doing or I'm just glad you're here because I'd be lost out here. So we did. We spotted them and then we drove the pickup around, parked it, and then we walked around the snowy mountainside. It was just beautiful that morning. And then uh, we, sat, we sat down on the mountainside. Let me just tell you, if, you're, if you sit down on a snowy mountain without something other than just one layer of jeans on, you will regret that. And I was quickly wishing to God I'd had some long johns on. And we sat down, and, and we just sat there and waited. And he set up this little tripod thing for me to rest my rifle on so it would be a nice, steady shot. It was, it was just great. We sat there, and we waited. And we waited five minutes, 10 minutes, and right somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes, his assistant spotted him through his um, uh, binoculars. And sure enough, they cross over this railroad track and they're just walking out there in front of us. And he said, now, you see the one in the middle? There's a few little cows there. He said, see the one in the middle there between those three? He said, you can can take that one. I said, okay. He said, so get her in your scope. So I'm sitting there looking and sure enough, there she is. He said, I've got her glassed in about 200 yards, so take your shot. And I shot and she died. It was a glorious experience. You can see the result of it right here. There she is, all curled up, dead in the door now, and now my freezer's full of her, mm-hmm. and they do taste good. So it was a great experience, but you know, I was thinking about that, thinking about how easy all of that was. You know why it was easy? Because I had a guide. I didn't have to go out there and try to figure it all out. Try to hike mountains and look for elk, not even knowing what I was doing. I had somebody who knew what they were doing. This kid knew the patterns. He had spent the time. Let me tell you something. God knows you. He knows you way better than you know yourself. Hmm? And he is your guide. His word will guide you into all truth. It's your guide so that you can fully trust the word and not rely on your own senses, not rely on your own experiences, but hang all that on the truth that was Okay, you can take that dead animal down. <laughs> it's, it's a lamp to your feet. It's a light to your path. So as you plan your way, there's another scripture that says, as you plan your way, the, a man plans his way, but the Lord orders his steps. You can be confident that as a child of God, as you make your plans, God's with you. God's behind you. Yeah. All right? Now, Listen. You're not going to do yourself any good by sitting around, twiddling your thumbs, going, Lord, show me what to do. What do I do? Show me what to do. Move. Just start moving. Make plans. All right. I'll guide you. Just make plans. I'm with you. All right. I have to wait on a word. You've got a word. Move. Paul the apostle, in the very beginning of his, actually, it was his second missionary journey, he begins to try to go preach the gospel in Asia, Acts chapter 16, you can read this. He's going around, and every time he'd come to a city, the Holy Spirit would say, nope, not here. So then he'd go to another city, No, nope. Now, come on, Paul, you ain't got this figured out by now. And this guy wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, as my dad says, possibly the greatest Christian who ever lived. Probably so. And he don't know where he's going. He has not have a clue where he's going. He thinks he knows, so he's got plans. But as he goes... The Lord guides, all right? And then they end up over in Troas. And then he had the vision. Remember, he had the man over in Macedonia saying, come over and help us. And that's, thank God he went west because the gospel came to us as a result of that. Trust the word. It will always guide you in the right direction. You'll never have to fear. You'll never miss the mark. It's fail safe. You'll never stray from the path when the word of God is your guide. Amen. Above all us, despite what you see, despite what you've heard, despite what you know at this moment, trust God. Yeah. Trust his word. Trust his counsel. Psalm 3311 says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. I love that. There's such security in knowing that his counsel stands forever and that he has plans for this generation. Yeah. Amen. And the next generation. So we look to him because his word will be our strength. The word gives you. The word, <clears throat> sorry, gives you, uh, what's my first point? <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Satisfaction, the word gives you understanding and the word gives you guidance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for all of these precious people who are here, these precious souls. Lord, this year we want more of you. This year, Lord, we want greater experiences in you. And Lord, we know it's going to be found when we lock into your word the more we give ourselves to your word and its truth and let it reign in our lives, the greater experiences we'll have in you. Thank you, Lord, for these great and mighty things that you are going to show us even this year that we don't know. Although we'll come to know them because we're trusting you. We're trusting your word. Thank you, Father God, that every good thing comes from you. And Lord, I thank you that you have a future and a hope in mind for everyone here. Everyone's going into the future, but not everyone's going into a hopeful future. But those who trust in you have a future and a hope. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you forgave us, have forgiven us of all of our sins. You've removed them, taken them out of the way. And now we are holy and right with you and blameless. Not on our own doing, but on because of what Jesus did, He died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And whoever believes on Him will have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your promises. They are just as real today as they've ever been. The Apostle Peter said that it's through these promises that we will be partakers of. Of the divine nature thank you Lord thank you Lord for working mightily in these lives I thank you Lord for healing bodies even today as we're gathered here in the anointing of the Holy Spirit thank you for guiding them thank you for healing them Lord thank you Lord for rest and peace upon those who are troubled Lord in Jesus name those who are torn apart maybe those that are confused today Not knowing the next step, I thank you that you give liberally wisdom to those who ask. So I thank you for wisdom. Thank you that you are a very present help in time of need, God. You're always there because your word says you are for us and not against us. And if you are for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter. Thank you. We bless you. Bless your people today. In Jesus' mighty name.